Hey everyone, welcome to Big League Dreaming, the podcast. I'm John Gonzalez. I'm Zach Gonzalez. And we have a very busy show for you, a fun show, right Zach? Yes, we do. Very excited, uh, especially for all the baseball fans that are interested in all the rule changes that could be coming to Major League Baseball. That's right. We have a special guest for you and you're going to want to tune in if you are a serious baseball fan or you just want to catch up on what's going on. Welcome to Big League Dreaming, the podcast. Ever since I was a kid, oh yeah, I was big league dream. I was big league dream as long as I live. Always, I'm big league dream. I never got to bat in the major leagues. I'd have liked to have that chance just once to stare down a big league pitcher. Make him think you know something he does. Chance to squint at a sky so blue that it hurts your eyes just to look at. To feel the tingle in your arm as you connect with the ball. To run the bases, stretch a double into a triple, and flop face first. Wrap your arms around the bag. That's my wish, Rickinson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big League Dreaming, the podcast show about fulfilling your dreams and taking it to the next level. I'm so excited because it's been a it's been a little while since our last show, and in joining me today is one of the three sons. It's Zach Gonzalez. Zach, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Good day. Glad we're uh, doing another podcast. I know last time we talked to Grant, and he's getting going with his minor league season. So good to good to talk baseball again. Good to take to good definitely to talk baseball again. If you're new to this podcast, it is a dad and his three sons kind of uh, reliving the glory days a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> we talk about some of the old times, but uh, we also talk about what's happening in the world of major league baseball, college baseball, high school baseball. We even dip down to the little league world series. We had so much fun in 2021 where we followed the Michigan team all the way to their championship in the Little League World Series. If you want to go back and listen to some of those podcasts, you can do that wherever you find your favorite podcast. But today is joining me is son number one. Son number two is a little busy. We'll talk about that some other day, but he's having some fun right now with some family time. And then son number three, by the way, son number two is Ty, the Mets fan. And uh, son number three is busy doing some field man maintenance. He's the, the Red Sox fan. He's down in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, and son number two, Ty is here in uh, Comstock Park, Grand Rapids, Michigan, like I am. And then son number one is Zach Gonzalez. He's based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, he also got a beautiful family he is raising there and still involved with baseball, even though he's working at a college right now. Zach, how is, uh, how is the baseball world going for you there? I know you're working for the Charlotte Knights for a little bit. Yep, it's going well uh, with the Knights again this season. Last, last year, they had me on the track band system which the White Sox transitioned to a different system. So they're no longer, no longer using TrackMan. Um, okay. But I'm still involved with the team, doing the scoreboard, doing the pitch clock a little bit. So the guest we have today is kind of our, our head pitch clock guy. He took me <laughs> under his wing, taught me a couple of things so that I was up to speed when I was uh, set to, to do you know, my first game on the pitch clock. So excited to talk to him today. Great. We'll, talk to, we'll introduce you to our guest, Brad. Uh, cop here in just a quick second. So I just want to summarize where last we left it. I uh, was supposed to coach freshman baseball this year for the first, I was supposed to come out of coaching retirement and coach freshman baseball this year at the local high school here at West Catholic and in Grand Rapids, but that didn't pan out. We didn't, we didn't have enough players. So once again, Zach, uh, I did not coach you. I've, I've been retired for, I don't know, five years now, six years, seven years. I don't know how long it's been. When the time's right, it'll happen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Hey, I'll tell you what, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Charlotte Knights there and our, our guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our, our newest guest here on Big League Dreaming? Yep, so we have on today 
is Brad Kopp. He's one of the main field time coordinators with the Charlotte Knights. I know he also does a lot of work with Winthrop, the university there and the baseball team there. So um, just getting to pick his brain a little bit, excited to hear his thoughts on the pitch clock, what, what's going to happen with it supposed to be implemented to the major leagues next next year, uh, things like that. So Brad, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Well, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Look forward to it. So yeah, Brad, like Zach was saying there, um, what, how have you approached this season for the AAA team there in Charlotte? Um, do you look, have you looked at this as kind of like, this is what the wave of the future is for major league baseball. And do you feel kind of like a, you know, one of the trendsetters of, of kind of working out the kinks, so, so to speak. Yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, you know, commissioner Manford made the comment back in April, I think that, uh, that the owners were really looking at the pace of play of the game and they're testing this out in the minor leagues. He, uh, he wouldn't commit that it would be next year, but it sure sounded like they're thinking about it very hard. And, um, I, th I think if they're looking at pace of play, this has made a difference. Um, I don't have the stats with me, but most of the Charlie Knights games are in the two and a half hour to two forty. We had one game that was just over two hours. So, I mean, it's, it's really made the pace of play a priority and you can really tell the difference. I've been working for the Knights now for four years and I've been working pitch clock all those years in the first three no one seemed to care. It was kind of kind of funny that myself and the other pitch clock coordinators were talking about it, saying, "Why are we running this? No one seemed to pay any attention to this clock." Um, this year, it's for real. They uh, they sent out training videos. We meet with the umpires before the game, after the game, um, talk with them. They hand us a walkie-talkie that we can communicate with one of the base umpires during the game. Um, the umpires are taking it very serious, and I think I think they are as sort of a training ground for what it's going to be like if it does go up because it it'll, it'll change things for sure well brad this show is about uh about life around baseball uh, and i can't wait to hear your story your background and how you fell in love with the game and how you got to this point in your career and in your life but we'll, we'll stay on the topic of of this kind of it's an issue for some baseball fans and for, for baseball players as well because it's changing the game and there are a lot of things going on with the game right now when you talk about the the shift, you know, bigger bases. I mean, just so many things going on with with baseball in the future, which is all of a sudden right upon us. Um, but uh, explain to people what the pitch clock is, because I know there's a difference of the time when there's no runners on base versus runners on base. So can you kind of give people an idea of what the pitch clock does? I know the goal is to you know reduce, to reduce the time of, of the game, but how does it actually work? Okay, yeah. So there's there's um there's three clocks in every stadium. There's one out in center field that the batter umpire and catcher can see. And then there's one clock on each side um, uh, near the dugouts that the pitchers and infielders can see as well. Um, basically the, the way it works um, not to be too boring here, but is uh, once the pitcher has the ball on the mound and the catcher's behind the plate and the umpire's ready, you start the clock. If there's nobody on base, it's 14 seconds. And then in, in that 14 seconds, the pitcher has to begin his delivery of the ball of the, of the pitch by, by the time the clock counts down to zero. The other thing that has to happen is the batter has to be in the box and alert to the pitcher at nine seconds. Um, if the batter is not in the box and alert at nine seconds, the umpire will call time and call it automatic strike. If the pitcher doesn't deliver the ball within 14, the umpire calls time and calls an automatic ball. If there's somebody on base that extends to 19 seconds, um, 
in between batters, whether there's a walk, a hit, a strikeout, an out, doesn't matter. It's 30 seconds. And in between innings, it's two minutes and 15 seconds. And in all cases, the pitcher has to deliver the ball before that clock goes to zero. Um, there's a couple of things that they've tried to do to get um, some pitchers try to step off the rubber to get the clock to restart. If there's nobody on base, the umpire won't restart the clock. So, so that becomes an issue for some of those folks. It, to be honest, in 14 seconds, you can't, you can't shake off the catcher too many times. If you shake off the catcher more than two times, you're probably going to have a problem. So it's really getting all that rhythm going. And um, what if you're like the third base coach calling the signs, you know, for a bunt or hit and run or something like that? You really can't go through a lot of it, can you? No, you've got five seconds if there's nobody on. If there's somebody on, you then have 10 seconds. Yeah. Zach, have you it, signed? I'm it's sorry, quick. It's yeah, quick. It's moving quickly. And for a game that we're trying to slow down for as coaches, right? Yeah. To slow the game down for the players. Uh, Zach, what, have you been to the games already? What, what have you noticed? Uh, what have been your observations? Yeah, I think one big thing that I've seen is that it's really affecting the pitchers and their effectiveness. So they're, they seem rushed a lot of times. Um, and it's if you look at the numbers, not only is speeding up the game, offense is up. There's more walks. The av- batting average is up. Home runs are up. So it's a, it's a, it's a big obstacle um, for the pitchers that are methodical take their time, want to touch the rosin bag, want the dirt a certain way. They don't have the abilities to kind of get everything how they want to. And also like you got to run and cover first base, you run over there, you got to run back to the mound, catch your breath and try to throw another pitch. So these guys are trying to figure out whatever they can do, you know, because the clock starts when they touch the dirt, right, Brad? So we're seeing guys walk up and then start making a little circle around the mound so they're still in the grass so we don't start it on them um they're coming up with anything that they can do to get a couple extra seconds because just an extra two seconds can make them you know get a couple breaths in you get your composure and you can make a much better pitch you're not rushing it brett how 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 are you doing are you learning on the fly i mean you're it seems like I almost, I've envisioned you with like a stopwatch in your hand even though it's probably the case <laughs> right you're like okay start stop start stop yeah, you're, you've, it's a little, it's a board, a control board up there in the press box right next to the PA announcer, between the PA announcer and the scoreboard. And you basically have thumbs on start, stop, and the, the button for 14, 19, or 30. I mean, it's, you get into a rhythm and it, you really can't, you can't do anything else. You have to watch the home plate umpire almost at all times because they'll restart you sometimes. There'll be yeah. something that occurs that they want to restart the clock. They'll do this and they want the clock to go back to where it started. Um, they could wave it off if they want. Um, you got to watch if the ball boy is bringing the umpire out for extra balls. You don't start the clock until the balls are in the pockets. Um, there, there's all kinds of things that could happen in our stadium at Charlotte. The bullpens are in the, on the sidelines. Um, sometimes balls get out of play and they call time. You, you can't run a clock while someone's trying to fish a ball out of the corner and that kind of stuff. So, um, so it becomes a little bit of a challenge. You know, this year changed from last year. Last year, the, the times were a little bit different, a second each, no big deal. But last year, the pitcher only had to come set by the time it went to zero, not actually throw the pitch. Um, now they got to actually start the pitch. So there's someone on base, they come set, and they're looking the guy back to first. That clock's running down. They've got to throw the pitch. 
They, I, didn't, I didn't even think about the running game, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they can, in minor leagues, they can step off or throw over twice during an at-bat. The third time they do it, it's a balk. Now, I don't know if they'll bring that up to the major leagues or not, but that, that definitely – because otherwise they could just keep stepping off um, and the clock restarts. If it's unsuccessful on the third attempt. On the third attempt, if they get him out, then he's out. Yeah, then he's out, but if they don't, it's a balk. How are the fans reacting to this, Brad? I mean, uh, have you talked to many fans out there? I haven't. I haven't, I haven't noticed any reaction from the fans. I know some of the players have had reactions about it, um, especially in the beginning. You know, the first game where it was live, we went two weeks with it, the beginning of the season, sort of on uh, just a test. Um, the first game it was live was actually Jackie Robinson Day. I still remember because everyone had 42. That's enough of a problem in the press box to begin right. with. But, um, and uh, we had five calls. We had, we had three automatic strikes and two automatic balls in one game and the opposing pitcher the first inning first at bat he comes set the clock goes to zero the ump calls time says automatic ball and i can hear the pitcher yelling i was set and the umpire yelled back that was last year's rule <laughs> you know and i'm sitting up there like oh my gosh um you know we had a player called out on strikes in the bottom of the ninth twice so far this year because he didn't get in the box to the nine seconds so um same player yeah so you know it's it's some players don't like it obviously um i you know i i don't really have an opinion on it we have to enforce it and we try to do the best we can without without being uh with being consistent um and i don't know what the owners are going to do if they bring it up to the major leagues i remember i did a charlotte knights game and i went home and i'm an orioles fan so i was watching the orioles play the yankees and chapman was on the mound and because I did the pitch clock, I just got home. I counted 42 seconds between pitches. 42. I mean, there's no way he can get that to 14. I mean, yeah. there's no way. So I don't know how how that how some of these folks are going to, in the major leagues, if it goes up, how it's going to affect them. But it also affects the batters. And I noticed that when I when I work Winthrop. I'm official scorer for all Winthrop's home games. I have been for the last four years. And the batters in college just take forever like every pitch they're doing the no more thing, right? They're stepping out, they're redoing the gloves. They're, you know, looking at the bat. It's 20 seconds before they get back in the box and you have five seconds in the minor leagues. So you don't yeah. have five seconds. It's funny that you mentioned Nomar because I was, I was going to say Nomar Garcia Parra would not fare well under this rule. No, no, no. And, and a lot of college players do that. So we were, we were playing a, team in winters in the big south and there's another team in the big south we were playing at the end of the season and one of their players is rumored to or is projected in mock drafts to be a first round draft pick and their sid was up in the press box with me and i turned to him after about this kid's third at bat i said the kid's great i said but he takes 25 seconds between pitches no matter where he goes in the minor leagues he's going to have to do it in five seconds so i said if you know him very well you may want to give them a heads up because that's a that's a complete change to these guys has to be. I, I love it brad you bring an insight there to the college game they wouldn't be ready for you you're probably your your brain's always probably thinking clock 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 how many seconds does it take me to get to my car yeah <laughs> yeah i can't turn it off now it's making me crazy well <laughs> let's ask about i mean there's several things i want to ask about about the baseball itself but i mean how did, how did you get to this point you mentioned you're doing winthrop are, are you you're, you're are you from south carolina originally then no, no. So I was um, a finance executive up in Northern Virginia for a government contractor. I was CFO and treasurer up in Northern Virginia for my career. Um, 
five years ago, I was able to retire. I was fortunate enough to retire. And my wife and I wanted to move to Charlotte. We were just looking for houses. And we found the house that we fell in love with here in Rock Hill. Then when I got here, I decided I wanted to be involved in um, the local university's athletics. So I joined their Eagle Club, which is their donor group. And I met with the athletics director. And I said, I'd love to do more other than just give you money. Um, and he said, do you know how to score baseball? And I said, yeah. And he said, all right, well, there you go. So I've been scoring the home games um, for the last four years, fortunately on the computer, not on the old book, although I could do the book if somebody wanted to, it'd be tough to read. Um, and then uh, about a half a year into that, I got an email from Tommy Viola, who runs the, the Charlotte Knights um, press box. Um, unfortunately, someone who had worked in the press box passed away and they were looking for help. I didn't know Tommy. I didn't know the Knights. I didn't know anything about it. But the PA announcer for the Knights is also the PA announcer for Winthrop. I must have given my name. And Tommy said, are you willing to help us out? And I said, sure. So I've done TrackMan a little bit. Um, that was normally Zach's job. I did it whenever Zach wasn't there. Um, scoreboard a little bit. There's another Zach that does the scoreboard a lot. And, uh, and Pitch Clock was my primary, primary, primary gig. Were you a baseball fan growing up? Oh, yeah, yeah. I played a little league. I, you know, I was on the high school varsity team, never played. Got a letter, though. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's as far as it went. And then, you know, of course, like softball as I, as I started working. But uh, always a huge baseball fan. Um, my dad was from Baltimore. So we've been Orioles fans since, you know, I have, I have ticket stubs upstairs from 66, 69, 70, and 71 World Series. I went wow. to 71 World Series. It took me out of school. Then World Series were during the day, during the week. Um, I remember I was taken out of school to go to the World Series in 71. So, yeah, a lot of well, good you're, memories. You're a Brooks Robinson fan then. Yeah, Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, Boog mm -hmm. Powell. I, well, yeah. I mean, I remember the first game Reggie Jackson played for the Orioles. Most people don't even remember he was an Oriole. He That's was right. Traded, traded the Orioles in 76 before he became a free agent and went to the Yankees. Um, I was there the first game he played for him. So, yeah, fun times. I mean, Memorial Stadium has a fond place in my heart, although Camden Yards is much nicer. Um, so. I think uh, uh, our memory for Zach would, of, of the Orioles would be Rafael Palmero. Yeah. Wow. What, seeing him in the lobby at the hotel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right after, right after everything had fallen apart for him, you know? He looked like the saddest person in the world. What a shame. I mean, just a sort of a tragic story. Sweet swing, though. Oh, no question about that. So, Dad, have you been to Camden Yards yet? You've been there, right? Uh, I have not been to Camden Yards. It's, one of, it's on my bucket list. I need to go there. It's wow. a fun park just to even walk around, um, walk along Utah Street, you know, see where Griffey hit the warehouse during, during that uh, home run derby. Yeah. Uh, Dad, you know that they changed their uh, left field at Camden Yards this year, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they pushed back. They pushed it back. Brad, you probably know how many feet, but they pushed it, the left field fence back and they raised it. So there's a huge wall. The wow. Mariners just played the, the other day. Julio Rodriguez hits this bomb to left field, and it would have been gone in every single park except for Camden Yards. It bounced off the fence. Wow. Yeah, Aaron Judge is very upset about it. He complained about it, which breaks my heart, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no love lost for the Yankees. I, I no. love it. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, well, what position would you have played if you got in the game in high school? Oh, I was second baseman. Okay. 
When I was in Little League, my dad was the manager, so I had to catch because no one else wanted to. That's the way my dad rolled. Most 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 dads put their kid on pitcher's mound. I, I got to catch. Um, pitcher's mound and bat fourth. Right. No, but yeah, I was play. I played second base. I'm, you know, and just too slow, too short, not a great yeah. arm. <laughs> no. I can hit the ball occasionally. So yeah. Well, I we 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 enjoyed a lot of baseball, Zach. Um, was a very good baseball player, you know, fielder, hitter, pitcher. And then the other two did pretty, pretty well as well. So love no, baseball in our family. I, mean, I love baseball when I, when I was, when I retired and I'm able to do kind of what I want to do, I'm on the board of a number of nonprofits, but what I, what I have passion for is baseball and, uh, and teaching. I'm also an adjunct professor at Winthrop. So, I mean, I love both those things and I'm able to, uh, to do a lot of both, which is good. Um, I enjoy I love being up in the press box. I mean, they're kind of long days, but but they're fun. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff going on, especially where they have us sitting over there in the middle of the production area, if you will. You got, you know, they're running videos and the music guys right next to us and PA and they're yelling, they're talking to each other and we're trying to be focused on the clock and the scoreboard. It's kind of crazy over there, but it's fun. So Brad, let me ask you this question. I'm sure Zach has a couple questions for you as well. Um, do you see this happening at the major league level? I mean, you, you mentioned the Chapman example a few minutes ago. I mean, it's going to be a huge adjustment, even for the kids that are coming up, the, the rookies are, or had been in the minors a little bit and, and experimented with some of these new rules. Um, you know, is it going to happen? Do you think? I mean, I don't know anything, but yes, I think it is. I was watching um, MLB network the other day, MLB now, I don't know if you've ever seen that show, it's sort of the analytics show on in the afternoon. And uh, they were talking about it a lot. They, they think it's coming up. They're, those guys were like, you know, to the point of there's some free agent relievers who they showed their, this is an analytics show, show they showed their, their time between pitches in the last year. And they're all 25 to 30 seconds to the point where one of the guys was like, before you sign one of these free agent relievers, you need to figure out if you can pitch the ball in 14 seconds because he can't take 25 to 30 anymore. Right. And is it going to affect them? Like Zach said, which it does for some of the pitchers. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think something's going to, and I understand why the owners want to. I mean, look, the, the younger generations, they, everything's faster. Three and a half hours is a long time to dedicate to watching a sporting event. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, maybe two hours is too short. I saw the video that you shared, Zach, that, uh, that, that Jeff took of, of Sebi, who said, you know, two hours is too fast, and maybe it is. But th- I think three and a half, which these, some of these major league games go four and stuff. It, it's, a, it's a long grind. So yeah. I don't think they want that. I, so I, I think they want to do something. Now, part of it is just enforcing the rules. The batter's not supposed to step out between a pitch where he doesn't swing or foul it off. But everybody does. So right. maybe maybe if they just enforce that, it might make things faster. But I don't know. I feel like it's going to – I feel like the, the energy around the umpires this year – you know, when you go meet with them before the game, after the game, the, the supervisor of umpires has been in Charlotte Stadium a number of weeks, and he's very focused on it. And we talk a lot about when you start the 30-second clock, you know, you have a guy hit a double, and he's at second base, and he's taking off all his paraphernalia, his elbow guard, his shin guard, his gloves. And do you start it right away? Do you wait for him to undress? I mean, you know, so there's a lot of discussion about how to do it. Yeah. Um, I think they're pretty serious about it, to be honest. Yeah. I, so, Zach, I, what do you think? I I think it's coming. I don't know if they will, like, increase it in the MLB by a few seconds, almost as, like, 
first year, let's do it a little bit longer until we get down to 14. Maybe 14 is not the perfect number. Maybe it'll never be that short um, because over the last couple of years, like you said, it, the time has changed a, a little bit because they're trying to figure out what's the best. Um, I think it'll be a big deal the first year that they do it. But all these minor leaguers that are coming up right now, that's all they know, right? right. That's all That's all that they've ever done is the pitch clock from single A to triple A. So all these young guys that are coming in this next wave, especially the big prospects and things like that, they're, they're used to it. You know, Grayson Rodriguez, that's how he's always pitched with, with the pitch clock. So for those young guys, it'll be normal. It won't be as an, an adjustment. Maybe those younger teams that are out there, like the Orioles, like the Mariners, who have a lot of young kids on their team, it won't be as strenuous of a transition for them. Um, I think these guys that are long tenured players, the Verlanders, the Kershaw, they're going to struggle uh, big time. And it'll, it'll be interested to see what they do with the players association, what's going to happen with all that, how much wiggle room they're going to have from year to year. And then you're going to start talking about records, right? Well, this season, it was only a 16 second <laughs> clock. This season, it was a 15 second clock. You know, you start getting into that debate. So it'll, It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. Is Charlotte using the uh, ABS, the automated ball strike system? Charlotte is. They're the only team in the East, they're part of AAA that is. Apparently, they're all in the West, but Charlotte's the only East team that is. Yeah. Now, these are the robo umps, in case anyone uh, listening to the podcast does not know about the ABS. Um, how has it been received there in Charlotte? Um, I mean, I think, okay, they, 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 they had to go through in the beginning of the season, I think had a little bit of uh, growing pains with it. The umpires have to get used to it. Um, they have because a, the umpires are still there, right? They're still listening. The umpires are there. They have a, an earpiece in that actually says strike or ball in their ear as the ball comes in. Um, and it's based on cameras that are set up. And each dugout has a certain number of uh, tablets that they can see, you know, the box with the ball. For every pitch, if they have, if they can question it, um, you can see some of the opposing teams that have come in that aren't used to it still want to argue. And of course, the umpire looks at them like, I don't know, that's what it told me, so you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, the, their their goal is to put that box with the dot up on the on the big scoreboard out in left field for the in, in stadium, so that people attending the game can can see every pitch like you do on TV. Wow. Um, I did not that, know that. Yeah, that's their goal. Now, you notice a delay. Zach and I see it. You, you, the, the umpire will delay on the strike call because he's waiting to hear. The punch outs aren't as, you know, flamboyant because he's had to delay a little bit before he can punch the person out. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't really noticed that that there's been issues, but um, I don't know. Zach, what do you think on that? I think it's been – pretty good uh, i know some very rarely they'll have some technical like signal issues um where it'll go out and then the umpires have to call it on their own at that point but yeah yeah dad how crazy would it be go to a game at comerica park and it's like playing mlb the show up on the screen you can <laughs> see the the square as the pitches come in and it'll say like sinker 91 and have the <laughs> the dot up there wouldn't that be nuts it would be but you know i guess for me i don't know if i'm a baseball purist or not i almost like that just because of how umpire strike zones i mean i don't like the fact that teams have to adjust to the umpire calling the game you know and it, to me it's just too much it's just you know some umpires can have bad days 
Yeah. And then, then there's the whole thing. Well, they're, if they're bad for us, they're bad for them. Everyone always, always, always on the wrong end of the deal anyway. Right. It's never fair. So um, I don't have as much of a problem as long as the technology is consistent. And it sounds like it's getting to that point where now it can be consistent. So I, I have less of a problem with that. The shift, that's a whole different topic because <laughs> that has changed the game. Right. And that's something they haven't addressed yet, at least not in AAA. There's still shifts going on. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about the ABS, the automatic ball strike, which is something to think about is if, if it's all in the AAA and the umpires in AAA or the feeder system for the major leagues and they don't bring it up to the major leagues, you're going to have a whole bunch of umpires going up there that haven't had to call balls and strikes for a while. And that's not good either. So I think, think one way or another, they should be consistent on that just for the umpire's skill set, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the worry for the pitch clock is just the consistency as you go up to the major leagues. I, I can't imagine the spotlight. Could you imagine? I mean, if the pitch clock operator in Yankee Stadium punches out, you know, Aaron Judge in the ninth inning because he didn't get in the box quick enough or something. I mean, I, I just can't imagine the ESPN. Wow. So, anyway. And they lose to the Orioles to get to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be escorting the field time coordinator out of the park like Steve Bartman. <laughs> now, now, Brad, do you have a title? Are you just the, the clock guy or do you have an official title? No, it's field time coordinator, FTC, they call us. Oh, okay, I mean, all right. But there's training. Um, there's a, a gentleman at AAA who is pretty high up in AAA. I'm not sure what his title is, but he's, he's all over this. He sends out emails every week um, with – sort of minor adjustments. There was one situation where um, like in our ballpark, a foul ball down the right field line, the right fielder might have to run over, pick it up and throw it up in the stands. You got to give them time to get back. People were starting the clock too quick. Um, <laughs> so he was sending out emails explaining to us when, when to start it and when not to, when to give them time, all that kind of stuff. They're just trying to be consistent, but uh, yeah, I guess it's field time coordinator. It's um pretty rare that we have the calls now maybe one or two maybe one a game the first week though was five four five it was a lot it was a lot for folks to get used to um i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see to, to zach's point i'm not sure i'm not sure the difference on batting averages and eras and stuff i guess that'd be interesting to see yeah well brad we really appreciate your time here you've been uh, a wealth of knowledge i've learned so much zach is there anything else you want to add I don't think so. I, I know that this is a topic that me and my dad have talked about a lot and something that we wanted to bring someone in and just chat about. So I think it's it's kind of like an inside look for people listening to our podcast. Some people don't even realize that the pitch clock is at the stadium. They're just going to the game. They have no clue that we're running the clock. So um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens if it comes to Major League Baseball. That's going to be pretty crazy if and when it comes. Well, Brad, thanks again for your time. It was great talking to you. And hopefully you get a chance to meet you when we're, when we're down visiting Zach and, and the family uh, in, in Charlotte. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I would love it. And thank, thank, you, for, uh, thank you for inviting me on. It's a lot of fun. All right, folks. Again, that was Brad Kopp from the, the field uh, time coordinator. Wait, no, field travel coordinator? Yep. What are you? The, the... Field time coordinator. Field travel. <laughs> field not time. field travel. No, no, no. Travel. Field time. Yeah. Real-time coordinator at Charlotte Knights. So we thank you for being on the podcast today. Zach, it's so good to see you and, and talk baseball with you. We'll have to do this much sooner. I'll see you this weekend, hopefully, right? Yes. I'm driving Welcome down tomorrow night. Driving I believe, up. Sorry. I believe, 
Uh, driving up, yeah. I believe the Whitecaps have a doubleheader on Friday, so maybe you'll see the second part of that game. West Michigan Whitecaps single A affiliate for the Tigers are in town through the weekend, and I'm sure we'll watch a little Mariners on the late night TV. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a great time, and thank you for tuning in to Big League Dreaming, the podcast.